want you to, if you would, open your copy of the scripture to the Gospel of John this morning, in John chapter 10, and I want to read one verse. John chapter 10 and verse 27. Y'all are helping me this morning now. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'll just move over and give you all the microphone here this morning. It's, let the redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I, I welcome, I welcome and rejoice in that. And, and um, I, I went to preach at a at another church a few weeks ago, and and the pastor felt like it was necessary for him to tell me that these folks are probably not going to respond like Alamo City folks respond. <laughs> But I was, I was pleasantly surprised they, they, they tracked. John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Had a great couple of days with the, um, several of our students, our teenagers down at the Espejo Ranch the last couple of days or so. I think they went down on Wednesday and had to leave to come back yesterday. Probably wanted to stay on and finish out the semester down there, I guess. And spring break is coming to an end, so they came back. But we're headed in that direction with our, with our men uh, this week. So uh, the guys who are planning to make that trip, you have an excused absence to miss church next Sunday, but there will be church out in the middle of nowhere next Sunday morning that will be led by Dale Hancock and our brothers. I want you to look at that. I rounded the corner coming back from a spot that we call the horse trap down at the ranch. The kids were in the headquarters. And I rounded the bend, headed south, and just looked up. And I almost had to pull over and stop. I did pull over and stop, but I, I don't know exactly how it stopped. That little ranger, Polaris ranger, just stopped. And I was fixed, fixed on these images. I reached over and got my phone and took this picture. But what you don't see in this picture is that, and this is facing south, to the southwest of this formation, there was another one like that, but it was about four times the size of the biggest one of those. Wing, wings, I'm calling it wingspan, okay, I'm calling it wingspan. <clears throat> but it was, it was backed into a group of other clouds and it wasn't as clearly seen as these. I've been pondering this last week coming into today on this verse. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I had been, I had been pondering it 
out loud and some quietly before the Lord, but just saying, Lord, how is it that you speak to your sheep? He, he can speak audibly. My sheep hear my voice. His voice can be audible. His voice can be silent into the emotions of a heart, into the mind of a heart, academically, mentally. But he doesn't all speak to us in the same way. But the promise is the shepherd speaks to his sheep. Now, I can't tell you when I pulled over and saw that up in the sky that I had some profound thought of the imminent return of the Lord or some something. But I, I, I picked up my phone. I called Scott. They were back at the headquarters, and I said, Scott, where are you? He said, well, we're in the cowboy kitchen or getting something to eat or something, and I wanted to say, drop your spoon, drop your fork, gather your loins about you and run outside and look to the south. And I think a bunch of them did, and the response was, oh, my goodness. He, he speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to you in specific and many times different ways, but he speaks. This is, this is a more profound statement than we, we get the full weight of just reading it the first time through. I want to take it apart a little bit, and then we'll go some other places with it. The point is, Jesus is still talking. And if you consider yourself a Jesus sheep and not a religious goat, <laughs> then, then, you are, then you are in the audience of the ones to whom he speaks. My sheep, my sheep, the, the sheep that belong to me, my sheep hear my voice. Now, how, how does that happen? John 1, 12, but to as many as received Jesus who have taken Jesus as your own, embraced him, who, 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 he, who he is, what he did, what he promises to do. He died on the cross for my sins, not just for the sins of the world in general and everybody who's a sinner. He died on the cross for my sins. He was buried, and on the third day, he was raised from the grave, and he is alive, and he's not a baby in Mary's lap anymore. He's not still suffering on the cross. He's not still dead in the tomb. He is alive. I know he's alive because he's alive in me. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Does that mean that I've got all the answers to my questions? No. Does that mean that I've got everything lined out for the future exactly right? No. But I know that somebody else is alive in my chest. Somebody else bigger than me, better than me, stronger than me, Jesus. And I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. 
But some way or another, he chose me, and I said yes to him, and he's alive in my heart. Jesus' sheep. Jesus' sheep. My sheep hear my voice. Now, the word that Jesus used for hear, to hear, the verb to hear, The tense is important, the tense of the verb, and the meaning of the verb is important. The tense is not past, my sheep heard my voice. Or the future, my sheep will hear my voice one day when they're in the Father's house. It is present, active, indicative, which means it is happening right now. And it will continue to happen as long as the now continues. When the now turns into the future, it's still happening because the future is always present with the Lord. My sheep are hearing my voice. My sheep have the ability to hear my voice. They have the ability for two reasons. One is because I'm speaking, and the other is they have the equipment to hear. My sheep are hearing my voice. Now, folks, you need to, we need to open our hearts up to that, that, that Jesus is speaking now. He is speaking in the today of your life. Now, he may have spoken way back yonder in a way that was vivid to you and, and, and etched out a season of your life that was marked by the sense of his presence and his speaking to you. But he didn't stop speaking then. He didn't quit. He didn't finish He didn't say everything he was going to say back 20 years ago or five months ago or whenever. That's what he's saying. My sheep are hearing my voice. Okay, what's the meaning of the word to hear? There's a way that it could be, a word that could be used, or words that could be used to say, uh, to describe just hearing audible sounds, that that noise, just the, the sound of music or the sound of a speaker but not necessarily anything more than that, just, just the recognizing of sounds. But this is a word that goes far deeper than that. My sheep hear with a sense of understanding in their mind that it's me. My sheep have the ability to recognize my voice. He will say in the earlier part of this chapter that you know, they, they didn't have barbed wire and they didn't have electric fences and they didn't have coyote-proof fences back in those days. They just turned the sheep loose. They, they ranged freely. And when they'd gather the sheep back together to get them in a fold to protect them from the, from the predators, they, they would do that. But then the next day when time would come for the shepherd to take count of their sheep, they, the, the shepherds the shepherds would call their sheep to themselves. Some of them would whistle. Some of them would would have a high pitch. Some of them would have a low pitch. Some of them might sing a song. Some of them might beat on the back of of a bucket or something. But each shepherd was uniquely known by his sheep. Out of the 5,000 that were there, one shepherd might have 200 of them. He'd tune up first. And out of the 5,000, here they'd start coming. And they'd wind up gathered around him. I I, I told that this morning, and a a couple of our ranchers came up after the thing was over. One of them's got some of his his steers or cow, mama cows or something on this other fellow's place. And he said, 
the, the one that, that was letting our, the other rancher use his, his uh, grazing rights, he said, you know, he can come out there and he can call his cows to his truck. I said, does he use a siren? Does he use a bullhorn? He said, no, he just hollers. He's got a special kind of holler. And I mean mama cow down here and old steer over here and the bull back over yonder and the little calf over here. They hear that and off they go to find Bill News truck. So what we're talking about here is not something that would be strange in an agricultural system. Jesus is saying it's true of my sheep. My sheep will hear the voices of a whole bunch of other shepherds. But when it comes down to it, there's only one voice that from their hearts they're going to respond to. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? The Lord knows we're scattered who knows where during a lot of the days of our lives. But the joy of realizing that he has planted some kind of a receiver inside our spirits. If any man is in Christ, any woman is in Christ, there's a new creation a new creation, a new creation. The old things passed away, some new things have come. And a part of that new equipment is the ability to hear the voice of the shepherd. So it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter who we're with. It doesn't matter the setting or the circumstance. We have the ability inside us to hear our shepherd's voice. And he's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. Don't you leave him in this church building when you walk out of here. Don't you leave him at the place where you close your Bible up on Monday morning or Wednesday afternoon, whenever it is you have your quiet time and expect that the only place that he's ever going to be found is when you were there kneeling in prayer. He, you find him there. We meet him there, yes. But you know what, these, what those things reminded me of? He, he is wherever we are. And, 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 and not only is he there, I, I, I kind of imagine those they might be just representations of those mighty warring angels that in the event that we need an intervention, in the event that we need somebody to seal team, snatch us out of something, that he has the ability, he has the authority, he's higher and he's above and he has the resources that cannot match this world. So Lord... Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. That, that's the song, the resonating cry of our hearts. Lord, I trust you. In the middle of, in the middle of second period class in 10th grade algebra, in, in the middle of the board meeting that's coming this week that I'm dreading, I don't know what they're going to bring up. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Is there anything you want to say to me? <laughs> Big ear, little mouth. Big ears, little mouth. Big ears, little mouth. We say that to ourselves. Big ears, little mouth. Lord, I want to hear. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. That's, an, that's another awesome word. I know them. There are different words in the Greek New Testament that could have been employed to express this meaning of Jesus. He uses one that's very clear. To know in the sense of knowing by experience. Not knowing theoretically. Not knowing intuitively in the sense of just having a feeling about something. 
But this kind of knowledge has to do with facts and figures and reality and date stamps and, and literal circumstances. My sheep hear my voice and I know my sheep. I know everything there is to know about them. I am God. They were created in my image. They were created for my purpose and for my glory. I know them. I know how they're wired. I know what tickles them. I know what upsets them. I know what their potentials are. I know what their hesitations are. I know their bruises. I know their blessings. I know their predispositions. I know their hesitations. I know my sheep. I know my sheep. I, I do, you know, I know I'm getting a little wound up about that. But instead of this great off, off out there unknowable God, unknowing God who just is out there, just kind of sets things up and he kind of looks down every once in a while, Jesus is in juxtaposition to that view, that, that view of God. You, you can't have this kind of knowledge unless you are involved with the subject. And there are times when we don't know how involved he is. We don't hear him say anything. We don't see his hand doing anything. But that doesn't mean that he's not right in the thick of it, hearing the words, sensing the smells, observing what's going on around. I know my sheep. I know my sheep. I know my sheep. He ties that in with his sheep hearing his voice. It's as if he's saying, I know how to talk to my sheep. I know how to get through to my sheep. I know what my sheep are not prone to hear, and I know what my, what my sheep will hear in all capital letters and 45 font size. I know where they're going to get it. Isn't that something how sometimes looking back over our lives, it seems like it was just maybe a whisper from the Lord. Just kind of a waft of the breath of his presence, just a gentle something. And then there would be other times when it seemed like that it really was the Lord. And maybe he wasn't saying exactly what we wanted to hear. I'm talking about an outcome that we might not necessarily have wanted, but it, it, it felt like the earth was shaking. It seemed like there were claps of thunder from flashes of lightning that were breaking rock. He knows how to get our attention. Now, I think when he says this about sheep, he's not just talking about well-behaved sheep. He's talking about character sheep. I love the story of just reliving the story, and if this brother would was here this morning, he would, he would tell it through the tears verbatim of what I will say. A man who would profess to be a Christian, say he came to know the Lord as a child, but he was a wheeler dealer, you know, never met a situation he didn't feel like he could master. Married, little baby girl. Noticed a skirt walk by in the Houston area. Packed up, 
moved out, left his wife, left his baby girl, and moved in with her. Well, he didn't realize that his wife had grown up around church but didn't really know the Lord. She, she tuned in to a Billy Graham evangelistic service broadcast on TV. Listened to it. Prayed through with Billy Graham to receive Jesus as her Savior and Lord. And something started happening inside her life, inside her heart. He was gone. He had left her, living for himself, making tens of thousands a week. Just, he was something. I basically said, I don't have time for you. I don't care about you. I'm going on with my life. You figure it out. She turned to the Lord. Jesus came in her heart. That's how Shirley and I got to know her. She went on reading, got to reading the Bible. She came across a passage in Malachi that said, God hates separation and divorce. She called us up and said, I read in the Bible where God doesn't like separation. She didn't know that. God doesn't like divorce. She says, so I, I feel, I think I'm supposed to ask the Lord to, to bring him back and call her husband's name. I feel like that's how I'm supposed to pray. Lord, I'm supposed to ask the Lord, a brand new baby Christian. But faith, 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 like you, she had heard something and it resonated and it created some faith in her heart. And, and so that's how she started praying. Well, he, he, he hadn't shown the slightest sign of turning. And that went on for a series of months. Finally, she was getting to the point of being real discouraged. And, and she said, I, I know that's not right. And I, but, and I know I'm supposed to hold on, but this is just hard for me to do. And so the three of us, Shirley and I, and the other, we just felt that we needed to, and it was mainly coming from, from my direction. I, I mean, I'd spent about 30 minutes with the knucklehead and I, you know, smoked me out of his Lincoln Town car back in those days. I got out, wanted to go take a bath after I got out with that guy. He just huffing and puffing and, you know, smoking is one thing. I mean, this guy was just over the top. And like he had to show the preacher who's in charge in his car. And I, I got out of that car. I, you know, listened to him talk about himself for about 45 minutes or th whatever it was. I walked out of that car and went and called. I said, Gail, now listen, what you need to know is God loves you regardless of what happens with this idiot. <laughs> the Lord loves you. I don't know what's happened. I don't know how long it's going to take for this guy to be reached, but the Lord loves her. Trying to, started trying to, but she kept coming back, but the Lord, the, the, the Lord said he hates us, so I'm starting to pray. Well, anyway, long story, come back to that eventful night where there was just a sense that we needed to pray, Lord, whatever you got to do to get his attention. And it was in my heart to pray, Lord, he not, he's not scared of anything. But he hadn't met you in that way. So I ask you, I ask you just to show him the fear of the Lord. Just show him the fear of the Lord. If that's in your heart, leave it with you. Well, we, we said amen, pray, and that was it. Before daylight the next morning, he says it was at 6 o'clock, 
a.m. He wakes up from a dead sleep. And he said, I heard a voice. And the voice said to me, stay here and die or go home and live. Stay here and die or go home and live. He got out of the bed, looked back at the woman. You can have the furniture. You can have the truck. You can have everything that's here. I'm going home. That was 32, 33 or so years ago. He hadn't left yet. He would stand up before you through the tears and say, I trashed my life. I broke my wife's heart. I was everything that a man should never be. I was a coward. I was a fake. I was all of that. But when I heard the Lord say to me, stay here and die or go home and live, I knew what I had to do, and he did it. Remember this, folks. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. He didn't have obedience to do what was right. He, he, he didn't have a direction to go because he hadn't heard anything. He knew what he should do. He knew what was right and what was wrong, but it wasn't strong enough to make him leave the bed of another woman and go back home to his wife. It was, listen, it was the voice of the living Jesus speaking in words that man has repeated for three decades since that time. It altered his will. It rocked his world. There was no church music playing. Billy Graham was not even in town. There was nothing religious about the setting. It was total rebellion, total selfishness. But into that spot, in the dead of night, the living Christ, stay here and die or go home and live. I've talked to him many times since then. He'll tell the story the same way. He never changes anything about what he knows the Lord said to him. And he realized that that was what set him free from the lies that he was believing. It caused there to be a reconciliation in the home. God gave her, his, his wife, the ability to forgive him. She'd have a hard time, sometimes even to today probably can come up in certain settings where he seems to be acting a little bit borderline idiot and not, not chasing skirts, but just some selfishness stuff that comes up. And he can, some of that can be brought up to which where repentance is really in place, where your heart's been changed, when, when, when there really is a change and sin is about getting it right this way and then secondarily getting it right this way, but it is primarily this way, when you agree with what God has said about what you've done, whenever it's brought up, you won't be defensive if you've really repented. You, you won't be trying to defend yourself and say, why don't you drop it? Why don't you quit talking about it? Why don't you just leave it alone? No. The truth is the truth. 
It was sin then, it's sin today, and the remembrance of it is just reminding what I was, and it ought to just cause me one more time to just stretch myself out across the mercy of God all over again. It was wrong then. If it's hurting you today, I ask you to forgive me all over again. He'd say, how many times I'm going to ask you to forgive? As, as long as she remembers it, as long as it's an issue with her, you keep asking her to forgive you. To which she'd say, well, if the Lord's forgiven me. Isn't that enough? And I had, the Lord's the Lord. <laughs> God's God. He can forgive and he can forget. People can't do that. But what shows that we're, our pride is broken, what shows that we're humbled and we really want to go on with God is when we're not trying to defend ourselves from the junk in our lives anymore. We're just, you're right. You're right. It was wrong. It was a sin. And as long as it hurts you, you're going to find me on my knees looking up to you saying, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. It got real quiet after that. But I believe that. If you're convicted of a sin and if you repent of a specific sin, then any time in the future that sin comes up and is addressed, the attitude will be the same in the future as it was at the time God dealt with you, that it was wrong. And Lord, I ask you, I trust you to forgive me. And I, where I have hurt others, where I've wronged others, I'm asking, I'm asking them to forgive me. Every time they bring it up. And, and, and then the good news about that is eventually the ones that you've hurt will realize he really has understood. He, she has. He really has understood the depth of, the, of what happened to me through the sins, through the choices that were made. All right, that, that's free. That wasn't a part of this. But my sheep hear my voice. Even runaway sheep, okay? Even ones Jesus has to leave the 99 and go after that one out there. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I know them. I know them. I know them. He doesn't treat us all like one clone situation. One size fits all. He's not how he does it. He didn't create us that way, and that's how he deals with us is individually. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. They follow the voice, they follow the sound of the shepherd. They follow the sense of the shepherd's presence. Now, I don't know that much about sheep. I've, I've been around them a little bit. But, you know, the Lord, the Lord didn't, you know, he, he picked sheep. He picked sheep. And, and, and they're, they're just known for, for not being real sharp or not the sharpest knife in the box, not the brightest Crayola in the box. <laughs> that, that they got to be led. They got to be taken to water. Drink this water. Kept away from this feed, you, you eat this feed, and they need tracks to walk in. Let's say that the, the sheep farmers and, and goat farmers, sheep in particular, up in hill country, will, will say it, it can be a nightmare for, 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 to, to try to keep up with these, 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 these nursing ewes and, and the, you know, the, even the little lambs and sometimes the old big boys. If they get down on their back, get wedged between a rock and the, and the side of the hill, they may be there till the Lord comes. They, they, may, they don't know how to get up. They just, ah, and they're straight up in there. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but that is encouraging back to me. 
Because there's sometimes, some days chickens and some days feathers. Some days you wake up and you feel like you're going to be the strongest disciple and follower of Jesus that the Lord ever put on the face of this earth. And you just own it and own it. And own. A week later, you may find yourself, man, I, I'm tired. I'm, I'm bothered about stuff. I, I, I know the Lord's out there, but he doesn't seem real close. Like a sheep. I can be like a sheep. I need a shepherd. And I need a shepherd that's attentive. And I need a shepherd whose voice is clear. And I need a shepherd who can take care of me when I get out where the coyotes could get after me. Don't mind being called a sheep. Some folks have a hard time being called a sheep because sheep are known as the, as the dumber of the dumb in the domestic family. That's not to belittle. It's just for the Lord to state the facts. My sheep hear my voice in part because they need to hear my voice. Left to their own devices, who knows where they'll end up. My sheep hear my voice, and I know my sheep. I know my sheep. And that doesn't mean I know them in the sense that I'm so mad at them all the time because of all the stuff they're not doing right and all the things I have to make available to them and obvious to them. It's not that he's saying that as if there's disgust. He loves sheep. He loves people sheep. And he understands the distinctiveness and the peculiarities of the individual sheep, you and I being in the lot. And they follow me. They follow me. There is something that rises up when the voice of the shepherd speaks to the sheep that evokes in the, in the sheep a desire to follow the shepherd. Why? Because the shepherd is where I'm safe. The shepherd is where I'm protected. The shepherd is where I'm, I find gentleness. The, shepherd, the shepherd's presence is where I want to be. They follow me. And there's an idea of, of immediacy, immediacy to that. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. They, they, they hear what I'm saying, and there's a, there's a surge within. That's where I want to be. Okay, now back to this thing about Jesus talking to sheep. He doesn't talk to every sheep the same way. There, there are times when we're in groups and settings, and we'll see this in the book of Acts where where there will be um, opportunities for the whole herd, the whole flock to move in unison in directions. But there'll be other times, folks, when the shepherd will call you out, bring you to the side, sit down right there face to face with you, and let you know what he wants you to do. He'll let you know in a way that you will know it's his voice because he knows you and he knows how to speak to you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Okay, but here's, here, here's, here's where, where it all begins to come together. You read the lives of great men and women throughout the history of the church, even in using Scripture as, a, as an indicator. They did what they did 
because they had heard something from the Lord. Isaiah was convinced of his calling because the shepherd had spoken to a sheep. Jeremiah responded back to the Lord. I'm I'm, I'm too young. I'm, I'm not skilled enough. To which the Lord says, don't say that you're too young because everywhere I send you, you'll go. And all that I say to you, you'll say. How did he get that confidence? It's because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Faith in 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 an abbreviated definition is just simply this, to be persuaded of something, to be convinced of something. Faith is not some nebulous, hopeful, wishful attitude. Faith in the biblical sense is that is that you have come to be convinced that Jesus Christ is your Savior. You have come to be convinced that God has called you, has impressed upon you to share, the, share your faith with those that he puts in contact with you. You're convinced of it. Where do you get that convincing? This is why it's so important. Why Jesus said it right from the very beginning, even before the book of Acts. My sheep hear my voice. If we don't hear his voice... There's not faith rising up in us. We're not persuaded. We're not convicted. We're not convinced of anything. But It's like when that brother reported what the Lord had said. You get up and go home and live or you stay here and die. He knew down to his toenails that that was the truth. And that that wasn't just him making something up. But that was the living Christ speaking to him. That makes all the difference in the world. Okay, folks, so we we bring it back into some things close at hand and personal. We're right in the middle of whatever we're right in the middle of. Present tense. My sheep are hearing my voice. What is it that you need to hear the voice of the Lord about? What is it that you need to hear so that you would have faith to do or faith to not do, a truth that would inform the understanding of a situation. What what is it that you need to hear Jesus talk to you about? Here's your promise. Here's the wide open heaven. Here's the open door. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me meaning that we have the right to ask back to the Lord. Lord, is there anything you want to say to me about this? I want to do what you want me to do, but I need you to speak to me. I need to hear your voice. You say, well, I don't, I don't think you could talk like that. Well, why did Jesus put this in the Bible then? You, you, you find some radical believers, some radical followers of Christ, and you will find ones who have grown amazingly comfortable and familiar with the voice of the shepherd to their heart. Down as simple as 
what you say and talk about this a lot, the wait staff at, at hotel restaurants or you're checking out at, at H-E-B or, or, or doing the, just in the normal routines and there's something that just rises up in your heart and you hadn't planned it, you, you just went there to get graham crackers and, and you know, third roar over, there's somebody bending down and you just have a sense that the Lord wants you to say something. You don't know what, but Lord, is there something... And, and, and it's like folks who hear this discussion would say, it's a bunch of lunatics, a bunch of crazies. No, it's not. When you have heard in the voice, in the way that the shepherd speaks to you, something that he wants you to do, something that he's leading you to do. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Remember Jack Taylor years ago, a wonderful pastor at First Baptist Church. And here just, you know, said, he said, Lord, I don't need to know everything. Don't need to know all the details. But would you just give me enough understanding of what you intend to do? so that I can cooperate with you. That's follow me. Follow me. If, if, through, I, I won't take, can't take time to get to it, but I've gone through the book of Acts and, and just had ended, noted several spots where it was, it was clear that Jesus was speaking to his people, speaking to his church. In some cases, it would be an individual. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Another time it would be the, what they call the Jerusalem Council where, where the, the group gathered and they were trying to figure out what to say that would be um, constructive um, um, behavior for the Gentile Christian churches. And the way they summarized it was that it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit to list these things for you. It seemed good. Sometimes it's going to be an impression, maybe a collective impression with a group. Sometimes it's language, human language, articulated to the individual like, like Saul to become Paul. Another time, Acts 27, when Paul is on his way, his last boat ride is on his way to Rome. Storm broke out, deadly, devastating storm. The, the crew had done everything they knew to do to try to preserve life and cargo. This is Acts, I just need to read this and we'll finish here. Acts, Acts 27, verse 21, or 20. Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small storm was assailing us, from then on all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. And when they had gone a long time without food, then Paul stood up in their midst and said, Men, you ought to have followed my advice and not to have set sail from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. And he says in verse 22, And yet... Now I urge you to keep up your courage, for there shall be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, 
an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. Then he turns back to the crew, Paul does, and says, therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe God that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Where did he get the faith he had been told? How did he know the Lord spoke to him? How are you going to know some things that you're going to need to know to navigate through the minefields of your life? How are you going to know when it's time to give up or when it's still time to hold on? How are you going to know if it's time to move from San Antonio to someplace else or to stay right where you are? How are you going to know? How are you going to know? My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Well, the problem can be we get the sounds of all these other shepherds going on around us. You know, I, I could ask everybody, I'd take out your cell phone and hold it up. You know, I won't do that. But sometime in order to hear the voice of the only one who knows truly what he's talking about, <laughs> to hear the voice of the one who's in charge, we've got to eliminate the foolish clutter noise that causes us so easily to be distracted. And we say, well, I don't ever hear God. I don't ever, well, when does he have a chance to speak? We wake up with somebody else talking and thinking thoughts for us. We live the day many times with nothing but just somebody else regurgitating their thoughts, their ideas, the sounds of music, and we go off to sleep with somebody else talking. Good thing he, he can bless his beloved in the sleep, in the night. But what if, my brother, my sister, what if in the places where you really do need to know, Lord, what do you want? If you took seriously this opportunity that Jesus' own words afford you, Say, Lord, I believe you've given me the ability to hear you. I believe you speak. And I ask you to speak to me what you want me to know about this situation. And not just the giant stuff. <laughs> the little stuff. You know, I, I, this, this, is, this is free. But I, you know, I, I never have had a pickup truck. Finally ended up getting a pickup truck. But you know what I need to do? I need to enroll in big truck parking school. And I, I mean, it's just a regular size pickup truck, but there is not a parking space in the city that I don't either run over the line here or miss it way over here. And I, you know, I heard guys go well, back into it. Well, and I'm liable to take out taillights on both sides of the deal. That ain't helping nothing. So, you know, Corny it may sound, but I'll I pull up to a restaurant or pull up to meet somebody and one of the prayers in my heart, Lord Jesus, will you find me a parking place? 
will you help me to know where to park this truck? And I can tell you, many, 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 many times, I amazingly, look yonder, in a place I hadn't even thought to look or to turn, there, there it is, right there. You say, well, what, what good does that do? I'll tell you what good that does. It helps us to be reminded that Jesus really does want to be involved in the things of our lives. He really does. So how do I, how do I Lord, how do I respond to this one that's going to call me? How do, how do I tend to this child? It's different than these, the all mother. You're on and on and on. Every, my sheep hear my voice. What if he's speaking about all kinds of things? But we just relegate him to just one or two big things or something. But, but what, if our, what if our whole life turned into a prayer, Lord, and we, we just began to open up everything to him? Open up everything to him. Can't close your eyes. Can't close your eyes and pray that way. You got to learn to pray with your eyes open. No. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. It may not be that it is as it ought to be, an immediate following, but some of you could say, I, I look back on a circumstance back here, and the Lord really was trying to say something to me back here. And I didn't listen to it. I didn't think it could be him. I didn't think that he could be that involved in stuff. I, but I didn't, I didn't listen. But down the road, I look back and I see that was him talking. And sometimes we have to back up 10 years, 15 years to get back in line to following the shepherd. And he has the ability to restore the years that the locust has eaten. Amen. Thank God he can do that. It says the best, the best thing to do is get to the right place as quick as you can, no matter how long astraying it has been. Lord, I, I just want to thank you for this word from your word today. And I pray that by the power of your spirit, you will open it up. You'll open it up for us individually, right down into the, just the, the smallest parts as well as the biggest parts of the issues of our lives. My sheep hear my voice. So, Lord, what is it that you're saying? What is it that you want to say to me? I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening. And trusting that as you speak, the ability to believe you will be immediate that I can trust you for what I know that you've spoken to my heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.